Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to FP Interviews. In-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Well, it's Tuesday, so it means it's time for another interview edition of Footy Prime, the podcast. James Sharman usually hosts these things, but he's off hiking pies today, and he's going to be so jealous. I mean, he's often jealous of me because of my hair and good looks and sultry voice that Jimmy Brennan comments on many a times. <laughs> but we're talking hockey. And if there's one thing you know about James Sharman, he's a huge puckhead. Yes, I said that correctly. He's a huge puckhead. And with the Stanley Cup playoffs underway and that other sport in this country being quite popular this time of year, we thought we'd do another crossover edition. So Craig Forrest is here, who was a goaltender growing up, an ice hockey goaltender, if you can believe it. No. Tree on the ice. No, I wasn't. No. You weren't a goalie? No. Did I just make that up? Yes. Back in those days, guys my height were not goalies. Defensemen. Oh. They were short. They were stand-up. Right. You were a defenseman. And then everybody now, all the goaltenders, are 6'5", go down into a butterfly, shoulders above the crossbar. You know, Patrick Wall butterfly? But back, uh, back in my day. Yeah, back in my day, no. I would too much too much body above the crossbar there you go. for a stand-up goalie, right? <laughs> I was a winger. I would have skated right around you, boy, then hit you in the corner. <laughs> I would have targeted you. I would have liked to have seen you play. On the ice. I do. I still play once in a while. At what age did Patrice Bernier become infinitely better than you in hockey? Eight? Nine? I would say maybe 14. Uh, Patrice Bernier played in the queue, for those who didn't know. Uh, I didn't know until we had Patrice Bernier on our interview series recently. But today's guest is uh, the host of Hockey Night in Canada and a voice that uh, you should know very, very well if you watch sports in this country or in the United States. Dave Amber, back on the program. What's up, buddy? Top of the morning to you, laddies. That's my James Sharman. I don't know. Well, that wasn't good, was it? That wasn't good. And he's live from Dublin. Yeah. That's Jimmy O. Sharman, I think. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. You get a job on TSN with that accent. <laughs> you do hold the fort down at Sportsnet, Dave Amber. The hockey season has been quite compelling. The playoffs have started. And let's start with a listener question for you. Are the Leafs going to win the Cup this year? And why is the answer yes? And that listener is James Sharman. 
<laughs> well, that's a good question. Maybe this is the year. Listen, Canada's going to the World Cup in Qatar, right? Like anything could happen. Who would have thought that six months ago? So whether it's Toronto or Calgary or Edmonton, I, th- I think it's about time the Cup resides back in Canada. I think we can all agree on that, right? It was 1993 was the last time a Canadian-based team won the Cup. And at that time, it was sort of Edmonton was good every year and Montreal won in 93 and Calgary had won in 89. And the idea was, oh yeah, you know, every few years we'll have a Canadian Stanley Cup winner. And it's now been almost 30 years. I, I can tell you the Leafs looked very good uh, in their opener against Tampa, but that's one game. And what I liked was post-game, Austin Matthews, Sheldon Keefe, Mitch Marner were asked about the win, and they were pretty cerebral about it. They were content with how they played and excited, but they said, look, this is going to be a long series. Those guys are the defending champs. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. So at least they're saying the right things, and they certainly looked you know, really poised last night. So maybe this is the year that Leaf Nation, uh, instead of crying into their beer steins, can, uh, can sip and cheers and celebrate uh, what would be a pretty momentous time for hockey if the Leafs won the Cup. Jimmy's been saying they're going to win the uh, Stanley Cup for the last 20 years. <laughs> Every year I say it. He's going to get it right one day, I think. Odds are in my favor now. You know the caller that you always got uh, back on Hockey Central on the fan? Uh, Jimmy from Woodbridge? Jimmy from York? That was Jimmy Brennan. always calling in and the Leafs are going to win every long time listener first time caller there was one one player I was very pleased with last night and very happy for as well Mitch Marner yeah it was great to see that performance with him and get get on the scoreboard as well had two assists and I thought it was a great performance only because he's been getting so much stick over the last couple of years in playoffs so it was good to see yeah you know what there's probably a sense of relief if nothing else Jack Campbell played well Mitch Marner scored. Austin Matthews scored twice. Uh, They handled the physicality of Tampa Bay. Yeah, things got a little bit ugly uh, at the end of the game. But, you know, you had Wayne Simmons out there and even Morgan Riley, uh, you know, held his own in a fight. But uh, it was, by and large, as you said, Jimmy, it was a really impressive performance by the Leafs. Jimmy's been a part of uh, the show here for two or three months. And I don't think I've ever seen Jimmy as excited on this web chat as he is now he's as close to the camera as he's ever been he's like chomping at the bit <laughs> a bit of hockey talk yeah i could just let you go for for 40 minutes with amber and you just ask all the questions in the world that this man a hockey show <laughs> by the way riley would have got destroyed last night with maroon well riley's not a fighter no kidding I mean, he, he well he held his own against ruda i mean he you know ruda was leaking badly at the end of that i thought he was gonna let maroon go there and then he held on i was like oh you're gonna get dummied in 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, I think Tampa was trying to take it a little bit into the gutter and sort of yeah. say, we're, we're not going down without a fight, literally. So we'll see what game two holds uh, without Clifford. Uh, you know, we'll see what the Leafs do. I imagine Jason Spezza will draw back in, which I'm happy for him. He's yeah. such a, a good staple there. And, you know, there's so many good storylines, guys. And, you know, you have those sentimental guys you want to see get an opportunity to win a cup. You know, Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton with Florida. Uh, those are the storylines that are, are pretty cool. And, and I think when you when you look forward and sort of say, man, it'd be really neat to see a guy like Jason Spence mm-hmm. get that opportunity. It's the one thing that's eluded him in his in his great career is to to be able to sort of get to a Stanley Cup final or win a, win a Stanley Cup final ultimately. So we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but there are some cool storylines to keep uh, an eye on for the next couple of months. Dave, one of the big joy about the sport is that the playoffs are unpredictable. It's a different season completely it's a different animal from regular season we've seen that with toronto when they perform really well in the regular season and not done it in the um that part of it's super super exciting but 
What do you think's going on? Like when you look at the Edmonton Oilers, Mike Smith played pretty well, but he made a mistake. And as goalkeepers, it's amplified. It's under the microscope. He's 40 years old, Mike Smith as well. But where will their downfall be? Will it be conceding too many goals? Because they certainly have enough in the offense. Yeah, well, there's a lot in that uh, question. First of all, it is unpredictable. Last year, 10 of the 15 series were won by the underdog. So it's not exactly what, Le- is it Leicester City? Is that how you pronounce it? With the 5,000? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly that. But when you see these teams, again, that's what we love about it. It's the best reality TV, right? Like, it's unscripted. You don't know what's going to happen. Case in point, Edmonton came into the playoffs with a ton of momentum. You know, they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, two of the best players in the world. You know, LA has one player, Andre Kopitar, in the top 100 in scoring this year. One player in the top 100, and there you go. It's a different animal come come playoff time. If Edmonton's going to have a downfall, you can't be that reliant on Mike Smith to, to save you games and win you games. And he's been sensational down the stretch, guys, but he's 40 years old. Uh, and I think if you're going to win, you better tighten things up defensively around him. And you're right. He made one little error at the end, and that cost, uh, cost the Oilers the game. Leave it to Forrest to bring up goaltending. We're, we're five, <laughs> five minutes in and he's brought well, it. Well, uh, you got to protect those guys back there because uh, there's not many of us. <laughs> <laughs> I get that every week with Kelly Rudy. The, the goaltender union is a strong union. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. For sure. There always has to be a, a goaltender, a goalkeeper in the panel, right? To balance everything out, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and because you'll never hear the end of it if you don't have one of them involved. I always love the goaltenders going back to 1982 with uh, King Richard Berdour. Talk about a shorter goalie that was a stand-up goalie that performed final. Uh, I managed to get to game four against the Islanders. A great Mike Bossy scored seven goals in four games in that series. I jumped the boards. I was on the ice with the team, Billy Smith, all these guys, Clark Gillies. It was. Um, yeah, do you know that story, Amber? No, this is fantastic. I, it's such yeah. a different time. Imagine trying to jump. The, imagine what would happen if you jumped the glass now to get on the ice during the Stanley Cup you know, be trotted out there, you you probably yeah. get killed. I mean, you, you, you'd get tased at the very least. And if you look like <laughs> me, you'd probably, it'd be worse. <laughs> if you look at the boards now, the glass, it, it's almost impossible. It's, it's so much higher. For normal people, but not for you. Back then, it was literally waist height. <laughs> yeah. Well, my buddies went over first. I was the last one over. Had me by the ass of my pants. I went over the ice, and then we were on it, and yeah, we're running around on the ice, and we were happy to get game four tickets to see him, because back then, no internet. My dad let me skip out of school, and we managed to get standing room only uh, we took, and uh, at least we saw the Stanley Cup hoisted, but we were disappointed. That's an awesome story. If you want to see something really cool, go back and look at Joe Carter's 1993 uh, World Series winning home run. Wonger, were we together that night? I can't remember if we were together that night, Wonger, but yeah, we were. Yeah, we were walking down Young Street. Watch what happens after he hits the home run. All these fans get onto the field. Uh, one of them we knew, right? Richard Garner. Yeah. You guys, right? he was an executive. Yeah. Yeah. He was like high fiving Joe around third base, like a fan in <laughs> civilian clothes. I'm like, imagine now, like what a difference, you know? But that's Crazy. a great story, Craig. I'm pretty. That's pretty cool. I don't want to make it too leaf centric. You guys have had a long time. 55 years, 1967. Last year was pretty disappointing as a boyhood fan. What success for the Leafs this year? And did he just reveal that you're a boyhood fan? Because uh, I know that's 
you know, kind of a faux pas in the television industry. I grew up in Toronto and I grew up uh, a Leafs fan. Daryl Sittler was my favorite player and sort of the same vintage as Craig, you know, when I was watching Richard Brodeur and that great Canucks team in 82 and the Leafs had some very good teams, but the Montreal Canadiens were the, the team in the National Hockey League when I was a little kid, you know, Lafleur and Savard and Lapointe and Dryden, Shutt, et cetera, Lemaire. Uh, and so the Leafs could never get past that hump. You know, they were good. They were a good team and then they were a horrible team throughout, you know, most the 80s and some of the 90s so it was pretty cool when my first you know network job when i moved over to tsn in the late 90s i came to toronto and one of the first things i covered was the 1999 stanley cup playoffs and lo and behold the leafs made a run all the way to the to the conference final you know they ended up losing to to buffalo but it was pretty cool to sort of be back at maple leaf gardens and, and watching it all unfold you know a place where i'd gone as a little kid to a bunch of games but Wonger, to talk to, to your question, you know, it, I've had this conversation. What is a successful year? In my eyes, for the Maple Leafs, um, and probably for the Edmonton Oilers too, is like get through the first round, right? It's something the Leafs haven't done in 18 years. Um, you know, I know the expectations will change if they do beat Tampa and get to the second round. I don't think people are be like, all right, well, that was our season. Who cares if we lose to Florida or whoever? You'll have, you'll reset, you know, recalibrate those expectations. But I think big picture, when you don't look at it in, in such a small vacuum and you look at it in where they've been in the last, you know, five years, losing all these series in the first round, just matriculating through, getting through that first round and being able to have some level of playoff success because their core is still very young when you look at Marner and Matthews and Nylander, et cetera. And these guys are really coming into their prime. Uh, it would be something to grow on for next year. But big picture, I think when you're the Leafs and you set franchise records for points and wins and you look at your team as a top two, top three, top four team during the regular season, you say, well, why can't that translate into the postseason? We have bigger. If you ask the guys on the Leafs, it wouldn't be like, are you here to win a round? They'd say, no, we're here to win a Stanley Cup. So, uh, And that can happen. You know, We've seen teams suddenly have that breakthrough like we saw with St. Louis a few years ago, like we saw the year Tampa won after getting swept the year before. So it could happen where if they get through this, you know, sky's the limit. Now, there hasn't been a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup yeah. since 1993. Where does pressure come into this, Dave? We had Andrew Raycroft on here, the former goaltender for Toronto and Boston and whatnot. Yeah. And he talked about that, that it's, it's immense. He said, you know, down in the States, you have one beat writer that might be following around. Everybody knows him. He's never going to slaughter anybody in Toronto. That's not the case. You're just getting it from everywhere. Where does that come into it for these players and, and that attention? Well, you know what, Craig? I mean, you're a former pro athlete. Some guys would look at it as pressure and some guys would look at it as opportunity. Uh, you know, to win a Stanley Cup when you play for the Anaheim Ducks or Florida Panthers or Carolina Hurricanes is great. To win a Stanley Cup when you play for Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, I can go on through the Canadian mm -hmm. market. That's different, right? So it's an opportunity. And, and I'm sure just like the Canadian national soccer team, they're going into Honduras and going into, you know, Costa Rica, going into, uh, Mexico, right? Place where no one wins. And they could have looked at it as pressure or they could have looked at it as an opportunity. And they rose to that mm -hmm. occasion under the toughest of circumstances. And I think if you were to talk to guys, on the Leafs, you know, they, it wasn't so much that their physical game needed to be figured out. It was their mental game, right? Like that's why they have all these team psychologists now. They shouldn't be carrying the burden of what's happened over the last 55 years. I mean, these guys haven't been alive for the last 
you know, most of them for more than 25 years. So uh, they've carried the weight of the last few years on their shoulders because it's the same nucleus. But when people bring up 1967, you know, if I'm Math, Austin Math, if I'm any player on the team, I'm going, I wasn't even alive then. You know, leave that to someone else. I can't help what happened in the 1980s. I wasn't around for that. So they're trying to just control the narrative of what they can control. And I think that's a great way to approach it. So when I've talked to some of the players and and you know, this as a pro athlete, like people, I think they deflect the pressure and say, this is a great opportunity. Hey, Craig has routinely called Alfonso Davies, the most globally recognized Canadian athlete. I think Craig is right. And I feel as though there isn't a single NHL player that would even care that that's the case. No, I, I listen. Soccer is a global game right? Or football is a global game, right? And Alfonso Davies is a superstar, an absolute superstar. I mean, that goal he scored at BMO, it was BMO, right? Yeah. Against Panama. Yeah. That was unbelievable, right? Like how many guys in the world could do that? Chase that ball down, have the footwork, like just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. So, uh, you know what? We've, we've been blessed to, to see some real superstars, uh, in hockey, but it's, it's, much more a regional game you know obviously pockets in europe and certainly huge here in canada and throughout north america i guess you could say but you know soccer is truly the world game and that's why the world cup is going to be so amazing as soon as canada qualified guys the first thing i did i went online to check plane tickets to qatar and just thought i gotta you know like craig jumping on the ice i want to have that moment but then i saw it was like a bajillion miles away it was too far it's during the hockey season i don't think i can make it happen but if it honestly if it was during the off season i'd I'd give it strong contemplation to go i remember watching with my dad in 1986 and he was so pissed and wonger knows my dad who's passed away but he was he was getting so angry it's it's not that he expected them to win in 1986 he was like we can't even score a damn goal what's going on with this team (laughs) and he's getting frustrated like you know because we're finally on that world stage so we get sort of a little mulligan now it's taken a while and we've waited patiently and it's been guys like Craig Forrest who've helped, you know, keep the program alive. And, and podcasts like this have helped keep the interest, you know, going where it needs to keep going. And it's really, really cool to see this great group of young men. And then let's face facts, guys. It really does look like Canada, right? When you look at that Canadian national team, it's immigrants from all over the place coming together, working hard. Um, it's beautiful. I, they're a hard team to not cheer for, whether you're Canadian or not Canadian. I think it's great. Yeah. And one of the, the major problems with uh, hockey is the, the cost of it. And, you know, immigration into Canada, you know, one in three fan sports, let alone ice hockey. So the expense is really there. And that's a really, it's a real problem for the sport, as well as football, soccer. It's getting there in this country where it's becoming more expensive. Uh, costing families thousands of dollars, not nearly what ice hockey is, of course, but it's still getting there. And how do you possibly solve that problem? Or how does hockey give the opportunities to immigrants that come into Canada that, that want to put their kids into it, but can't simply afford it? No, that's a great question. And you know, the NHL, uh, they want to grow the game and they realize there are significant economic barriers for many people, most people, quite frankly. There are some groups, some nonprofit groups who do work, uh, to get equipment to, you know, lesser served communities and try and introduce the game and give them exposure to the game. Because here's the one thing I found. Once kids get, once kids get exposed, whether it's soccer or baseball or hockey, they love it. 
right? Like, it's not a matter of not enjoying the game, whether you have great skill level or an okay skill level. You want to go out there, you're with your friends, you're doing active things. It's better than sitting around on TikTok, right? Like, it, from a parent standpoint, it's fantastic. But you're right, hockey specifically, uh, there are some significant barriers, and that's something that needs to be addressed. And the other problem is it's become a 365 day uh, a, a year sport. You know, when we were young, you'd play hockey in the winter and then you'd go and you'd play like I like to play baseball in the summer. Right. Or you might play lacrosse or something else or basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. When you get to a certain skill level, if you're played even double A hockey and you're 11 years old, like my son was, it's like, OK, well, what summer camps are you doing? And we got specific skating trainers and we got shooting coaches, and we got, which is great for the kids who are diehards. But that costs a lot of money. So that's that's actually a big, big you brought up a really you know, big point that Hockey Canada, the NHL, and all these different groups are looking at to try and help grow the game moving forward. The NBA is toyed with the idea of in-season tournaments, which obviously is big in soccer. FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, we're always t- telling Wonger about some new tournament for him to follow. <laughs> Do you think that would ever work in hockey? How would it work? I don't know. I don't know if it's based on last season's rankings, if it's... I don't how about know how something. How about the FA Cups, the FA Cup situation, where you actually bring in AHL teams into the mix for single game knockouts? You bring in junior teams. You, you know, all these younger teams that can compete for it have to play rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds to get a shot at maybe an NHL team or a professional team. Couldn't do junior, but I think that's the simplest way to have an AHL, uh, you know, versus the NHL Cup tournament and make it a mini. I don't know. Week thing, yeah, but you couldn't because they're all affiliates. Yeah, there's some logistics. Uh, J- Jimmy's right. I mean, there's certainly some logistical things that would need to be worked out. I'm not mm-hmm. sure there's an appetite for that. Hockey no. yeah. uh, is a gate-driven league. They like the fact they have each team has 41 home dates, uh, and then the playoffs are a, a great media revenue generating stream. Mm-hmm. You know, for all their their broadcast partners, um, and the NHL has now two partners in the States in TNT and ESPN. They have obviously uh, the sports that are connection with them here in Canada. So uh, I'm not sure, you know, how they would figure out to monetize that. What we are going to see is a World Cup of hockey coming in a couple of years. So mm-hmm. if you remember back to 2016, and that was exciting, that that under 24 team or whatever with McKinnon, McDavid and all these yeah. stars and Matthews. Um, so they're not going to do that. It's going to they're going to keep it to Canada, US, Sweden, Finland, etc. But that'll be really exciting, especially since we've missed out on the pros being at the Olympics the last few, uh, the last two Olympic cycles now. One of our last footy prime episodes, we talked about when we knew our professional ambitions to be an athlete were, were over. So I remember you trying out at McGill for hockey. It didn't last long. And I said me, it was at 19 and a half, like <laughs> two, two days into camp. I knew I was going to be a good to middling football player at McGill. When did you go? Oh, I, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. Oh my God. Probably when I was like 13 or something, you <laughs> held on the dream till you were 19. You probably could have made the CFL longer. You were yeah. a Vanier cup champion at McGill in 1987. Right. right? I, I don't think I had the determination, but my point is like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't going to help me there. And the 30 grand a year didn't help either. <laughs> yeah, that too. And it was the it was the focus. You got in a room with all of these agents and all you noticed was the women in the room and you didn't talk to the agents. That's what happened. I don't know how many agents there were, but definitely there were women. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh Lord, uh, I would longer. I would have loved to have seen you in the CFL. Um, I early man, like you know, when you're like 12, 13, 14, if you're on a trajectory, like here's the thing we got to respect. I mean, how many guys have ever played in the NHL? 7,000, I believe, is the number, right? And yeah. you know, I, I my son just went through the GTHL here, and you start to see, you know, at ages 10 and 11, there's certain kids that are just taking off and they're also putting in the time you mentioned the dedication uh we just had the ohl draft last weekend and i knew a lot it was my son's draft year he he's not at that level so he wasn't getting drafted or anything but i knew a lot of the kids whose names were getting called out and i felt so good for them because i knew about all the time and energy and you know sacrifice they put in their families put in you know the coaches put in to get them to this step of their dream and i'm sure you know craig i'm sure you can relate to this and you're you know as you were having your uh, trajectory through the the soccer ranks uh it takes a whole village to to live out these dreams and it's a certain group of guys who can do that and you know i think there's a realization that sets in when you're 12 and 13 and you might be one of the best players on your team but there's 20 teams or 50 teams or 100 teams that are better than your team with better players and you start doing the math in your head uh you know it was never it was something as a little kid you dreamed about watching hockey you dreamed of scoring the cup winning goal in overtime like that was the the dream you, know, you dreamed of being Gila Fleur or Daryl Sittler or whomever um, but then you realized at a certain point and for me it was it didn't take too long to go well that's probably not going to be who I am I'm going to try and still stick in sports and that's why I ended up in sports broadcasting which has been cool me too buddy same thing except I was eight years old when I realized my professional dream or <laughs> <laughs> a waste of time yeah. hey I thought uh, let's finish up with a rapid fire I got a few simple questions okay. for you that I think you'll enjoy okay so rapid fire whatever comes to your mind first name one retired NHLer that you would love to make a comeback you want to see play again and they it doesn't have to be a realistic answer Mario Lemieux ooh good one yeah. very good one which one of your media buds is the best golfer Ooh. Uh, you love golf and anyone who follows you on social media knows you're always on the links when you're off. Sean McKenzie's quite, he shot, I think a 74 on Saturday when I was with him. Really? Like he's That's he's pretty bad. good. He hits it a mile. Yeah, he's good. It's because he spends so much time on the road and in the off days, he just finds the nearest golf course. That's hey, he has no kids. He's just, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. He seems to have endless time to play golf. So I'll say right now, Sean McKenzie. No kids is always a help. Yeah, no kids. Yeah, kids get in the way of your golf game. Jerry D is supposed to be very good. Yeah, Jerry D is a member at the National. And I would say Craig Forrest for that matter. I've golfed with Craig enough to know, you know, even if he's three or four drinks in, he's still pretty good. What was, what was the last song you listened to? Uh, right above it by Little Wayne. Okay, just walking my dog today. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Jim, you just finished a gym session before you came on with us. <laughs> uh, if you were stuck playing, uh, do, do you play a lot of FIFA with your son? Do you play a lot of FIFA? No, we have it downstairs, but he beats me. I get frustrated. He always takes Brazil and he gives me like uh, like a bad Chile team or something. I'm like, this isn't right. Like I I want <laughs> Brazil Chile next team. time. Yeah. So I stopped playing with him. You stopped playing with him. All right. Well, if yeah. there was one team, I, my question was going to be, if you were stuck with one team on FIFA, playing him on FIFA, uh, who would it be? Who Who would you want? Maybe you can maybe you can switch it. Who would you want to stick him with? He always sticks you with a bad team. What okay, I'll stick him with Cameroon. Him? He can have Cameroon. And I will take, uh, just so I don't completely blow him out of the water, I'll take Colombia. Okay. 
How's that? Columbia's good. They missed yeah. the World Cup this year, but Columbia's good. I'll take that. We have, I think we have 2018 FIFA. That's the problem. FIFA <laughs> <laughs> from a few years ago. I got an older copy, too. Uh, you work with some great people. Which analyst is the funniest guy off the air? It doesn't oh, have to be current. Gosh. It can be previous co-worker. Well, listen, Elliot, Elliot is very quirky and... He has a good sense of humor. Kevin BX is, is very funny as well. And Kevin, you just he keeps you on your toes because he says you know he's going to start ripping you at any time. So you can't. You're always kind of mindful of when you're talking and Kevin's in the room. You know something. Some daggers are going to be thrown your way. So they, they they keep me laughing. Okay, last one. How much do you bench now, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've my benching days. I think are are behind me. Wonger's body weight. Wonger, what are you clocking in? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's doing that one-handed. I'll still do sets at 225, yeah. but nothing crazy. He's a melting <laughs> ice cream cone. <laughs> oh, Lord. A butterscotch one, though. <laughs> I know you got to go, buddy. Yum. But uh, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could talk a little puck, and uh, maybe one day we'll get out golfing together. Now, yes, let's do that. I want to ask you guys this. Yeah. Uh, what would be, I, I got to leave with a soccer question. What would be a success for Canada at the World Cup? Because I'm, I'm very, I saw the grouping and I'm, I'm hopeful it will take some work, but I'm hopeful they could get to the, to the elimination group, the round of 16. That would be it. That would be a, a massive success. I think getting out of the group stage yeah. would be their goal. And then after that, well, bets are off, but they do have a really, really tough group for an animal than what they faced in CONCACAF. And, What's really going to be a problem for all the teams, really, is that the lack of preparation leading into it. Uh, they're going to be playing league until up until eight or nine days prior to the tournament start. Any windows uh, to for John Herbin to get the team together? So it's going to when they do get together, they're going to have to make the most of it. Yeah. Well, I wish them luck, guys. I'm going to be glued to uh, the set. Have me on sometime between now and then, and we can talk uh, a little hockey and a little a little footy. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll have you on when the Leafs get eliminated, and then we'll uh, see how Calgary and uh, it's not happening. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins the Stanley Cup, Dave? Who wins the Stanley Cup? Uh, if I was putting money down, um, I really like Calgary. Ooh. I really like Calgary. Yeah, yeah, the year, hey? I don't know. I'm really bad at this. I probably They're probably going to get swept now in the first round. But I, I, I like the way their team is built, yeah. Well, our listeners will hold you to it. They're a very, you know, <laughs> very local bunch on Twitter. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Right. Thanks, Amber. Talk to you, buddy. Thanks for having me, fellas. See you, bud. Thanks, Davey. Dave Amber from Hockey Night in Canada on Footy Prime. Making it uh, a cross-sport special. There you go, Producer Wonger. Jimmy, I threw out a couple names to you earlier, buddy. I thought it'd be fun if we, uh, for you to name the football equivalent of five hockey players. Oh, Would have done this if we had more time with Dave, and you've got a laugh out of it. So I got, I got five guys. I'd like yep. to hear who you think would be the, the soccer equivalent of these guys now. Okay, go. Connor McDavid. Uh, Salah. Oh, I wasn't going to guess that. Okay. Uh, Austin Matthews, then. Ooh, definitely not Salah. De Bruyne. Oh, okay. Colorado Avalanche defenseman Kale McCarr. You cannot say Virgil Van Dyke. Why can I say Why can I say Van Dyke? I don't know if they've got the same type of qualities. I'm thinking more. Okay, Robertson. Yeah. Okay, Robertson. Great shout. All right. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning goaltender Andre Vasilevsky. Fraser Foster. Okay. And uh, your your favorite head coach ever. He might swear as much as you. Sheldon Keefe. 
Uh, I got one. Mark Hughes. Oh, Mark Hughes. Okay. Because of the gray? Yeah. Touch of gray? I was going to go with uh, Steven Gerrard, actually. Really? Yeah. Mild resemblance, uh, but... Um, Hasn't won anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can, that's not, hey, the Rangers fans will be all over you for that one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. He, won, he won Scotland, man. Mm. Nice. Um, are you confident in the Leafs? Hearing him talk about how close they could be and maybe this is the I year? am. I think if they can get through Tampa, I think uh, I think they'll find it a little bit easier going into the next next rounds because Tampa's a big, the big guns right now that uh, everybody's kind of scared of. But I think, uh, I think they'll be all right if they can get through this this round and I think they'll have a little run. So it was a good show on the other night. It was good to see everybody showed up, but it's uh be a tough one for them. That's for sure. Do they win it though? Jimmy, do they win it all? I want to say, I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but it's, Ooh. there's some, there's some good teams. I mean, he, he even said Calgary, Calgary's decent. You know, the Oilers are, they're a good side. Colorado, Florida, Colorado. I mean, there's some good teams in there and even Tampa, Tampa's, you know, yeah, back to yeah. back, good yeah. good team. You know, they, they didn't show up last night, but the Leafs Leafs were hungry. They they made it difficult for them, and I, I don't expect it to be another five nothing game when they play Tampa again. Wanger, what's great about our show is that you know we see the world bigger beyond just what's in front of us. Um, do you think that there's a single hockey podcast that's talking about the Europa League semifinals this week? Absolutely. There's so many. Uh, you can just find them all and get your uh, footy content <laughs> in the same place. They don't know who we are. That's great. Send a message and we'll I'll see if Steve Dangle wants Forrest on to talk about West Ham and Eintracht. Yeah. Thursday. Guys, I watched Steve Dangle last night. He's a fun guy to watch for hockey. He's that's, a so, that's a good time. He's a good dude and uh, a horrible hockey player, which is great. I love being in charity tournaments with him because I know I'm the second worst player. <laughs> wow. Good to know. Wow. That was great. Not bad. He picked it up at the age of 28, though. So I oh, wow. I should be better. I should be better. <laughs> huh? Well, uh, I enjoyed that. Always good to uh, to get together, boys. And we'll get together before um, that Europa League semifinal again. So, uh, yeah, a lot of footy prime content for your ear holes. As Charms always says, uh, cheers for listening. 